welcome to Worst Bestsellers, where we read about Lee Flynn's stupid, sexy brother so you don't have to. I'm Renata. And I'm Kate. And for this episode, we read The Kissing Booth by Beth Riekels. Joining us to discuss this Wattpad success story are Anna, librarian and violence junkie. Hi, Anna. Hi. And Aline, who doesn't know she's beautiful. But Hi. I know. Hi, Aline. Hello. You may also know Anna and Aline collectively as the Bellwether Friends. And collectively, collectively, we're the... Um, the worst best friends. The worst best friends, yeah. Yeah. So welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us again. You are, are some of our frequent flyers, and we're so happy to have you back. Thanks we are thrilled to be us. invited. So thank you, thank you. Um, sorry you had to read this, though, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not the worst thing we've made you read, probably. Mm. No, because remember, remember there that, was that arrow graphic, graphic novel. <laughs> oh, God. I had repressed that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is the benchmark. We are here for you for all of these. Yeah. Oof. Okay. So there's much to discuss. The Kissing Booth is perhaps at this point better known for the Netflix movie based on the book. And I want to be clear on a few things before we started. Let's see. I would say it doesn't really have any content warnings besides some like very low grade, like teen party. I I wouldn't even really call it like sexual assault, but like some unwanted touching at a party, but like pretty mild and some weird possessive boyfriend shit. But again, pretty mild and ultimately consensual, I guess. The problems with this book are mostly problems with just, like, the patriarchy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's what's in it. This book, as you may know, our policy on Worst Bestsellers is we are always, like, seeking to be punching up and not punching down. And so we don't want to read little, like, self-published books. We mostly want to be talking about books that are pretty popular and pretty well-selling. And The Kissing Booth does meet that criteria now, but it did start as a Wattpad story, which we have um, after by Anna Todd was also Wattpad. And Wattpad, if you don't know, is a website where you can post fan fiction as well as original stories. And this, I think, is unique for us because we have read like after and Fifty Shades of Grey and books that started as fan fiction and then got the names and details changed so that they were technically now original books and not actually fan fiction. And this was never fan fiction of anything. It was just a story about a, a girl and two brothers. And I'm, I'm really confused about who wanted this. Because, like, I understand fan fiction. Like, I understand being like, oh, yeah, Twilight was great. And now I want to read, like, sexy Twilight fan fiction. And, like, whether or not Fifty Shades would be, like, my sexy fan fiction of choice is another issue. But, like, I get that concept. I can't imagine just going online and like reading this when there's books I could be reading. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of where like it falls for me too, especially because like there have been folks who I've known from fandom who have started writing original fiction that I've read their original fiction, like even like people who have been posting it like on their live journals or whatever. Because I, I knew them and I knew they were like a good writer and I knew I liked their style. So I figured I'd like an original thing that they would write as well. But from like the interview that I read, this wasn't, it wasn't like 
she had a following over everything. This it seems like this was like the first thing she started posting regularly. Like she wasn't like a super successful fic author who was like, ah, now I'm gonna write my high school story about weird teenagers in a country where I don't live. Yes. It just seemed like she started writing this and it gained a cult following as she continued. And I I just feel like and I know I know I'm an adult now, mm-hmm. but I just don't see anything in here that I personally would be like, ah, yeah, I gotta subscribe to this so I get every update about this scintillating romance question mark. Nah. And Me. here's here's what I think this is. I do think that this on some level represents a failure of libraries represents a failure of book marketing like somewhere along the line beth Riekels and all of her readers i think have been failed by traditional publishing outlets because beth Riekels said that she wrote this because she was so tired of books about vampires and werewolves but she couldn't find any books that were just contemporary teen romances to read like she couldn't find any books that were like that and this was she started on Wattpad in 2011. Uh, this is peak Sarah Dessen age. Yeah, uh, like they were there. Just she didn't know where to find them, and she wrote this. And I, I, I mean, like, like Twilight was even on the downswing by then. All of the books had come out. Like the movies were still happening, but it wasn't like peak Twilight fever like it was when the books were coming out. When like. It felt that was when I was selling books that like half of the store was just in the the young adult section was like all of these like creepy, supernatural, weird teen romances. It it was. Yeah, like there there was a lot. I was selling books then. There was a lot out there, Beth. And I'm sorry that somehow it missed you. Yeah, we let you down because there were a lot of paranormal romances in adult, but they were on the downswing then as well. Well, and there were. There have always been romances in various places, whether they were appealing to a realistic reader, contemporary reader or not. And this this felt like fan fiction of teen movies of days of yore. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so and so Beth Rickles is Welsh, actually. I think now she lives in London, but she's from Wales. And this book is set in California near LA, but in the most ambiguous way and in the most in the most I've never been to America way. And again, <laughs> I, I actually I am saying again, I think maybe this is a conversation we had before we started recording. So for the first time, let me say, <laughs> I don't fault beth for a a lot of the weirdness that has made it into this published version of the book like you're a 15 year old girl you're from wales you're writing whatever on the internet fine but then random house you buy this book you put it in print you need to pay an editor to go through and and be like oh in america we don't say this in america we don't do this in america starbucks is not a sit-down restaurant where you (laughs) where a waiter takes your order with a notepad and in the United Kingdom, it's not either. In the UK, it's the same. That's the whole point of Starbucks. Is it is the same <laughs> everywhere. Um, and there is a larger conversation, too, about uh, if an editor would have helped with some kind of uh, solidarity for this story. In a, it's not really a romance. Like, a lot of times, Noah disappears, and we're not talking about Noah or thinking about Noah. It's 
but it's not exclusively a high school story. It's like whatever, you know, I guess that's the serial thing. It's whatever, whatever got it into that chapter when she posted it. Yeah. The pacing is all over the place. Like it reaches a point where I was actually really shocked because it's only like halfway through the book when there's like the big confrontation about her like dating Noah in secret and then not very long after that she's dating Noah in public and then not long after and then there is long after that like there's hours left of the book after that where it's just like and then it was our birthday and then we did this for our birthday party and then you know we went to the beach for a while and then like it it's all it's like a very protracted like this should have been wrapped up, but no, we're going into like intense detail about what all of these people wore as costumes to this party. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so tedious to read and it was really disappointing because I really like young adult contemporary romance. So I thought this was going to be like a little treat for me. And it it was so hard to read. It was so tiresome. And I'm in retrospect, I think coming so soon after Nora Roberts was... <sighs> It was this makes Beth look so bad because Nora is so good at characterization. And we talk about this all the time, how even minor characters who only pop in for one scene, like, you know, so much about what that person is like and what makes them tick. I read a whole book about Elle. I don't know anything about her. (laughs) Like, I don't know if she's like a cool party girl who drinks all the time at parties. I don't know if she only occasionally drinks and acts embarrassing when she does. I don't know if she's a popular girl or like totally uncool. Like, I don't know. Who is she? Yeah, it's very everything we know in this book, we know because Elle tells us in the narrative. She doesn't express things that like she'll say like, oh, yeah, like Noah's a violence junkie and like he's always (laughs) getting into fights. And it's like he gets in a one fight to protect her after some guys like gang up on her. And then all we hear for the rest of the book is how, like, oh, like, the fucking word violence junkie is used a hundred million times. I hate just the sound of it out loud at a point in this book. I was like, I need this book to finish. Can It won't, the Libby app won't let me go up any further than 2x. <laughs> I just want to be done with this. <laughs> I will say if Violence Junkie were the title of a movie starring Jason Statham, like I would be meeting Anna and Aline at the drive-in for that. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) But it's we never get like any history of him for why he is this way. We don't like she makes one other reference like later to him like getting into a fight, but it's just him and her saying it out loud. Like he'll be like, Oh, I'm always getting into fights, but I never start them. And it's like we've never we've seen no evidence of this, sir. (laughs) Like no, and this would be such an easy fix to be like, well, you no one ever asked my side of the story. And the truth is like people think I'm a bully, but actually I'm um I'm always just defending girls who are getting like groped at parties. And like, okay, that's very likable, that's believable. That's apparently not what Noah does, but it would be so easy to make that his thing. Are you kidding? The um I just have one more uh harp on the editing, which is um just like the phrase violence junkie, which surprisingly only comes up like eight or nine times. <laughs> only. Uh-huh. Only the word smirk or smirking or smirked or smirked 65 times, 69 shrugs, which I appreciate, uh, and 99 
Really? Really, really? Really, Sometimes really. it would be a sentence that was like, I really said I was really, really interested. And you'd be like, ah! What Renata said about La Nora's characterization of people. Every time Elle mentioned someone's name in this book, we would turn to each other and say, who the hell is Tad? <laughs> who the hell is Pam? Because we could it there more wasn't they're all interchangeable well they're all interchangeable but there's i mean she's talking about a different person almost every time yeah there were a lot of there are a lot of people there are a lot of them with zero characterization (laughs) (laughs) yeah it felt very much like and i went to public school but like from what i've heard my friends say about going to like a small private school where there's only like 30 people in your graduating class so you like you know all their names and you know sort of like surface things about them and like theoretically you're all friends because you've all been together since you were very small but you don't actually know anything about them and they're like that's like what it felt like as a reader but it shouldn't that is something that should not like be what it should feel like in the narrative which is also what it felt like in the narrative and counterpoint if you've been in school with them for that long you would recognize them at a masquerade well i will <laughs> i will argue with that i i don't know that i could i think i would behave very similarly to l in that situation <laughs> i am very bad at recognizing people and i know that about myself <laughs> All right. Well, let's. We've aired some of our grievances. Why don't we go back to the beginning? Why don't we go back to the day when L and Lee were born on the very same day at the very same hospital? Yes. To two mothers who were BFFs. Yes. And by the way, I don't want to harp on this. However, <laughs> I watched the movie of this, the Netflix movie. And the movie, I'm not going to say the movie is like my favorite movie or anything, but the movie took one look at this book and was like, I can fix you. And the the movie was right. And the movie starts so smartly with just this montage, like starting with the hospital and the two babies being born and their moms being best friends. And we like quickly in like three minutes see her and Lee growing up and being best friends. And by the way, I guess maybe like content warning for l having a dead mother who's whose absence seems to affect her not at all in this book and i think really doesn't yeah i i think like she's a person who both her parents are still alive and she as a 15 year old just didn't have the emotional capacity maybe to imagine what it would be like and so she was just like i guess it's no big deal that's my take anyway in the book we do get or rather in the movie there is a a quick it doesn't really dwell on it but a a quick and moving little montage of the mom getting a diagnosis and visiting her in the hospital and then the after and it's just better yeah it affected me more strongly than the entire book yeah as a as a dead mom survivor myself i the book did nothing at all which is fine i sometimes want that but the movie i was like oh but it was better because we spent some quality time in the book being like, where's her mom again? Because What's we happening? weren't feeling the grief. <laughs> yeah. But so so Lee and Elle were born on the same day and their moms were best friends. Now Elle's mother is dead. Again, in the book, this seems not to matter that much. But so they've, you know, they've grown up. And so she and Lee think of each other as like best friends, basically like siblings, basically like twins. And then Lee's older brother is named Noah Flynn. And as established, he is a violence junkie and a 
sexy bad boy. At one point, she thinks of him as Lee's stupid sexy brother, which I could only think of as Homer thinking of uh, stupid sexy Flanders. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, stupid sexy Noah hates to be called Noah and everyone calls him Flynn because that's like a cool name. But she calls him Noah because she's grown up with him and is like his, his extra little sister. And so they have like... That's kind of their thing. And he calls her Shelly. Her real name is Rochelle, but she prefers Elle, but he calls her Shelly. Hot take. I don't think either of this is cute. I think you should just call people that want to be called. But that's a that's one of his more minor infractions, frankly. Yeah, it felt like I I was fine with that just because like I with their relationship, like I've got a lot of cousins who are much younger than me, who I call by certain names because that's what I've called them their entire lives, who would never introduce themselves to another human being with those names. Mm-hmm. And granted, have never said like, ah, oh, like you gotta, you gotta cut it off. Like you gotta stop that. But it, it's like, I definitely feel that kind of like, oh, cause Lee also calls her Shelly. Like it is like her nickname from when she was a kid that she like sort of has decided now she is past and won't let anyone else call her, but she lets Lee get away with it, but she gets mad when Noah does it. So she calls him Noah in response, yeah. which it does calling someone by their first name. Like I can see like a weird cringy nickname that you're like, like when, when my aunts or uncles will call me Katie, mm. I, there's always like this moment. I'm like, who are they talking about? And then remembering that it's me. <laughs> <laughs> But if someone were to say, like, Caitlin, I'd be like, okay, yes, that's my name. Anyway, that's them. And so the the book opens with, like, a real quick being like, oh, I'm Alan. My best friend is Lee. And we're deciding what booth we need to do for the school carnival fundraiser. And they're sort of ribbing each other like, oh, we got involved with student council to look good in our college applications. But now we actually have to do work. Blah. And they decide to do the titular kissing booth. And here's another thing where I'm like, is this British or just weird? Where they're both like, it's much better than that coconut thing where you throw balls to knock the coconuts off. And then later her dad is like, oh, I'm glad you're not doing that coconut thing. And I'm like, I, what are you talking about? <laughs> Maybe like, they do it at the village fate in Wales. <laughs> it, it felt like the whole carnival thing, like we've had school carnivals growing up, but it was not... It was honestly, like, much more like the PTA being like, we're going to do this. And, like, these are the things that we want at it. Like, less like... It, it, yeah. and, and most of the other booths were, like, professional. Like, we rented a dunk tank and we rented one of those you hit a hammer to measure your strength thingies. And then they're like, oh, we're doing a kissing booth. Okay. Which already is just, like, seems like lawsuit city for a high school yeah in in this day and age yeah (laughs) in this economy yes however if if doing a kissing booth for the carnival were like the only sweaty thing and i'd be like oh yeah you're you're allowed one for you're allowed one to two like wild premises for your young adult novel but we're just getting started (laughs) yeah we're uh, we're still on chapter one here chapter one baby so Elle is, she's wearing a sweater over a tank top and she goes to take it off and it gets stuck over her head and pulls the tank top with it. So she asks Lee to help her. And as he's reaching over to help her, the door opens and there's Noah who's seeing her bra. And she's like, 
he makes like a flippant comment about it and you know tells her like ah like i see that like you're gonna be the stripper at the party tonight or something like that Mm -hmm. and she's like really mad about it uh and it's it's very like it is harped in like every scene that she and lee do not feel like this with each other like it is okay to change in front of him because like he's her brother it is just pushed from moment one which you know i guess is is fine but also i was gonna say i appreciated that she had a male best friend who they had like zero interest in each other like that is refreshing yes i do yes absolutely love their relationship it was one of the things i actually liked about this book but it also felt like every other paragraph l is convincing the readers that like the the frequency with which it was mentioned got to a point where it's like okay i can't tell if you keep saying this over and over again because there's going to be a weird twist at the end where he really is into you <laughs> i yes and spoilers there's not and i although it is a trilogy so i don't know if this comes up in books two or three but i really was expecting that to be the case for this to be like fully a love triangle and it never was in that way never a romantic would, love triangle i just assumed that you know if you're she's posting a chapter at a time then she's got commenters who are like oh i hope lee and i'll get together like every time mm-hmm. and so it's just a response to people saying, no it's not going to be them <laughs> so yeah so there there's a they they come up with this idea to do a kissing booth and then noah has told them that their parents lee and noah's parents have gone out for the night so he's texting everyone to come over for a house party so she's Elle's like well i need a new outfit if there's going to be a party tonight you have to come shopping with me so he does once again because it doesn't matter if he changes with her because they're best friends who are literally never going to hook up despite the frequency with which she harps on that so here's something again that the movie establishes so much better and more smoothly than the book does is that Elle is hot and Elle isn't aware of this and in the movie it is so clear that like she you know developed over the summer and now like has has a womanly figure there's a little montage of like her getting her first bra and not needing it and then now it's like oh i do need a bra because like now i have some like pretty big boobs and the movie starts you know a little bit with the montage and then over the summer and then like first day of school and then everyone's like oh shit like Elle got hot over the summer which is you know classic trope acceptable believable but this is sort of like i don't know a month into the school year (laughs) i mean it's much it's the school year is almost over because they're they're together for the 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 carnival happens you're right because they already had the winter dance yeah yeah the carnival happens in the spring they date in secret for two months they break up a week later they get back together and that's the school dance a week after the school dance is graduation and their birthdays yeah the pacing is so strange because they're like oh, prom's in a week. We have to plan it. And it's like, you need to start playing prom like so long ago. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yes. So yeah, you're right. It is so far into the school year. Anyway, she's suddenly hot. Who knew? Yeah. So they're they're going shopping um, and she gets like a new outfit and like goes home to change and all of the girls in school, everyone thinks that Noah is the hottest guy at school. Flynn is the hottest guy at school. So once word gets out about a kissing booth, everyone is texting her and being like, oh, my God, you have to get Flynn to do the kissing booth. And she's like, well, why do I have to do it? It's like, because you're best friends with his brother. Like, Mm -hmm. you you can put, like, you know, the bug in his ear about it. 
you know, you have to do it. Like none of us, you, the way you talk to him, like you stand up to him so much and the rest of us are just so intimidated by this hotness that we need you to take one for the team and like ask him to do it. And she's like, fuck it. Okay. And she asks him and he's like, no, <laughs> but you can tell them if it'll, if it'll make them get them off your butt. Like you can tell them that like I said, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, well, then he's like, you can tell them that maybe I'll stop by as a customer. Yes, yes. And then that at least gets girls to sign up for the booth because then maybe Flynn will come and kiss them. Yeah, and at this party, Elle gets super drunk, just like dancing on a pool table, like stripping to go skinny dipping, and uh, she is intercepted from like some guys who maybe don't have her best interests at heart Mm -hmm. by Noah who like takes her up to his room and like makes her chill out and not be like skinny dipping in their backyard and all of this stuff and not taken advantage of also here's a quote I pulled I hadn't intended to get drunk I knew I could have a good time without any of that stuff But I was a complete lightweight, so by the time I had two cans of apple cider, I was pretty out of it. So first of all, the Britishness of, in America, if you just say apple cider, I don't think people normally assume hard cider. Here I think you'd say hard cider. And then I knew I could have a good time without any of that stuff. Makes her sound like a full grandma. And then I'm a complete lightweight. But then, like, this is what, like, it's unclear, truly, does she do this a lot? It's not it's not her first time drinking. Like, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, it's very it a lot of it does feel like as Beth was writing this, she would sometimes remember mid-sentence that this takes place in America. Right. Um, also again, a thing that the movie does way better is at the movie, there's these three popular girls called the OMG girls, because their names are Olivia, Mia, and like Gwyneth or something and they're you know like classic mean girls queen bee is whatever and suddenly because of the kissing booth they're paying attention to Elle and she's like oh shit cool girls and the cool girls are like Elle come do shots with us oh my god and she's just like so flattered by this that she does the shots like she's briefly like oh I don't drink and then they're like no you have to and she's like okay and I that was so believable like okay yes this establishes she doesn't usually drink however these cool omg girls have gotten her drinking and like now she's skinny dipping yes this is very uncharacteristic and yes everyone is extremely interested in it because we've already established that she is abruptly hot none of this is in the book (laughs) so so she so noah like takes her away from the party and like you know gets her situated for the night she wakes up in his bedroom and is like freaking out and she you know realizes like where she was and that like she's wearing his t-shirt and that means like he saw her underwear and she while she was drunk like he seemed to be acting very kindly towards her which was surprising to drunk l because normally like he treats her like a pesty a younger sibling and he seemed to be like very compassionate towards her while she was drunk and she even like as she's sober like twigs like i kind of remember him being nice to me but that's wild he would never be nice to me and goes home and gets lectured by her father and there's perhaps an implication that she does do this a lot or she doesn't do this a lot (laughs) right he's like you know what we've said about drinking and she's like i do know what you've said about drinking and but then we don't know because they just say like what I've said about drinking back and forth. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's very and like I, I think I've said before on this podcast that like I was a total square in high school. I never drank. But my parents 
and my brother's friend's parents were the kind of like high school like teen television show parents who were like you can drink as long as it's at the house and no one drives like my brother and his friends like frequently had parties where there was drinking and the parents knew about it and as long as everyone stayed in the house they didn't care which was kind of like the vibe i was getting from this party that they were suddenly throwing at the drop of a hat but then the dad enters and from like one sentence to the next it seems like first he was in on that and then the next he's not and it was just very confusing my chapter by chapter notes on this are chaotic because a lot of chapters frankly nothing happens and it's just like the girlies are gossiping and it's like truly nothing happens yeah, but the next thing that does happen is right after this stripping incident over the weekend, she goes to school on Monday and she goes, they never specify if she goes to a private school or not, but there are uniforms. Yeah, she says like the school's been around since like the 1900s, so they still have to wear uniforms, ugh. Yeah, so she she goes to put on her uniform pants and she rips them. And I guess her other pants are dirty and she doesn't. She meant to mend these, but she didn't. So she's stuck wearing this skirt, but it's too tight because she hasn't worn it in a really long time. She doesn't wear skirts anymore. Um, So she knows that it's like maybe too tight and too short, but she doesn't have any other options. So she has to go to school in this like tight, short skirt. That's part and, of their sorry, uniform. I just want to interject because this whole thing really bugged me. It's not that her other pants are dirty. She literally only owns one pair of uniform <laughs> pants, which is buck wild. Yeah, that and, seems unhygienic. Yeah, and then she <laughs> mentions it and she's like, Dad, I need new pants. And he's like, well, just order them online. And like, if you always had this option, why have you not had two pairs of pants? It's because she doesn't have a mom. That's but if she has online shopping, of. just do it. She's fine. <laughs> Amazon is her mom now. Yes, exactly. There was, a, there was a whole lot of like wardrobe malfunction, clumsy stuff at the first half of the book, and then it completely disappeared in the second half. Yeah. Um. So she goes to school in this like short, tight skirt. And immediately, like, all of the boys are teasing her because she, you know, almost stripped at this party. And now she's wearing a short skirt. And one of the boys slaps her on the ass and is, like, pushing her into a corner and, like, hitting on her. And she, like, freaks out. And Noah arrives and, like, starts beating the shit out of this guy. And ends up like that this is where we start getting his like i don't start fights like i just like participate in them so i'm like a bad boy but not really a bad boy mm-hmm. and after getting like pulled into the office for all of this she ends up i think we at that point we we're just like working on the kissing booth more yeah oh and this is also though when l learns that noah because a big thing of this is like oh it's so funny that i'm doing the kissing booth because i've never been kissed and like i've never dated anyone and she just thinks it's because she's like a go but as we know she's hot and in fact, the girlies are like, actually, um, Noah scares everyone away from dating you because anytime anyone's interested in you, he goes and like tells them that he'll like basically like threatens to hit them if they ever like do anything to Elle, which she hasn't known about. And everyone acts like this is not as weird as it is. Like this is so weird and so aggressive. And also it's so um to me that is like obviously 
Noah likes you and is attracted to you. And none of the students put this together. They're just like, oh, I like, I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah. I was going to say, it is clear by this point that she, she says something about having had a crush on Noah, but thank goodness that's over now. Or like we, the reader, know that she's into Noah, right? Yeah. By now. But she's denying it adamantly to Lee and anyone else who asks. Yes. So she goes back to classes and stuff. And one of the guys in her chemistry class, who's like, I guess, newish, asks her out because he's like, you know, I, I'm going to ask, like, I don't plan on like being mean to you or hurting you. So there'd be no reason for him to beat the crap out of me. So yeah, like, let's go on a date. And she's excited. So she's like, yeah. So they end up going to a movie together. And can I read to you the problem with this, with their date? This is an exact quote. He liked sci-fi films and thrillers. I was more of an action or romance person myself. We didn't like many of the same movies. Oh, those are the same. What are you talking about? <laughs> they really are. But so they go on this date and she's just not... Well, first of all, Lee is supposed to drive her because she doesn't have her license yet or doesn't have a car. And he can't. So Noah ends up having to take her and he skulks around until Cody shows up. And like kind of puts him off and then they go to the meeting the the movie and it's like kind of awkward they can't really like talk to each other because it's a movie and cody already ate so they aren't going out to get food afterwards and she just like doesn't click with him and like it just seems like the whole thing's very awkward so on the ride home as they like park in front of her house he leans in to kiss her And at the last moment, she turns so that he kisses her cheek and she kisses his cheek and leaves. Mm -hmm. And Lee gives her shit for it when she's, like, going to apologize for it. And he's like, you don't, like, have to apologize. Like, you don't want to kiss him. That's fine. Like, you you can't not – you can't just go along with it because you don't want to upset him. Like, you can't just be, like, so nice that you – don't want to offend anyone because you're going to end up leading him on. And she's like, well, no, I just would have, you know, I wish I had just kissed him because like now it's a big deal. And she's like, oh, he's like, okay, so you don't like him, but you should have kissed him so that there wouldn't be a big fuss made about the fact that you didn't kiss him. And it's, it yeah. felt like, it felt like some like real important knowledge being dropped by Lee in this moment. <laughs> yes. It's Lee. one of the few times when good dating advice is dispensed. Yes, Lee is the smartest person in this book, maybe. Yeah, oh, except for when he's not. Yeah, because she she's told everyone that she had a cold and that's why she didn't want to kiss him. Uh, and then when they meet again in science class, she's like, they they both like simultaneously say to the other one, like, I think that we shouldn't date again. Like it was fun, but we should just be friends. So she's now had like her first date, but she still hasn't had a kiss. Um, And she doesn't want to work on the kissing booth because of that. Like, she doesn't want her first kiss to be, like, a kissing booth kiss. And, like, she doesn't know how to kiss good and, like, what if she does it bad. But she still needs to be there that day to, like, help the day of the carnival to help run the kissing booth. And while she's hanging out, this girl who is supposed to be doing the kissing runs out of the kissing booth and says to her, like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, I just can't do it. And they kind of assume, like, oh, her ex is probably in line. And I don't know why. They they go through a big thing of saying that there's, like, two girls and two boys doing the kissing. 
So I don't understand why if there was this like panicked moment with this girl, they didn't just like temporarily merge the lines until she was comfortable enough to go out there. The only solution is for Elle to go out and start doing the kissing. Of course. Also, can I just say that this book is relentlessly heterosexual? Oh my god, big time. There is no, there's no thought that any girls might want to kiss girls or boys might want to kiss boys or, or, or anything. I, I, I just, I just have to put it out there. That is one of my irritations. There's exactly <laughs> one not. mention of homosexuality in this book. And it's when she, while trying to hide her relationship with Noah, tells some of the other girls, well, cause they haven't seen him like dating anyone recently. She's like, oh, well maybe he's gay. And they all laugh at how absurd that would be because he likes football and fighting people. <sighs> and that is the only mention of homosexuality in this entire book. Yep. By the way, uh, the movie does this better, and I'm not even going to explain it because we need to keep going on the book, but the scene in the movie makes sense and is better than this chaos. So, of course, she goes in there, and it's not the girl's ex-boyfriend who's up next. It's Noah, and it turns out she was just so panicked over the idea of kissing the hottest guy in school, she couldn't take it. So Elle has to be the one to kiss him. So she does, but really they, like, make out, and... And, like, explicitly the rules of the kissing booth are, like, no tongue, like, quick peck, move on. And so they are breaking the kissing booth rules. And then while she's still panicked over that, Lee says to to Elle, like, oh, like, my new girlfriend, I'm going to take her home so I can't drive you home, sorry. And Noah ends up having to take her home from the carnival. And once they get back to their house the Flynn's house they just are like fucking making out mm-hmm. and just do it a lot and decide that they are going to keep this secret because Lee would be so upset if it happened and they can't deal with that so since they're just hooking up and they're not like really dating they're just gonna keep it a secret and just like make out a lot behind closed doors because that always works do i remember correctly that this is mostly her idea to keep it secret yeah because she thinks this will make lee upset and like she doesn't want to make him upset because she thinks it's temp it's all just a passing phase and there's no sense in bothering him about it or Mm -hmm. something some weird romance novel logic okay are they gonna get it out of their systems Uh, yeah Yeah, and in the movie, in the movie, it's much better because a in the movie they have made when they were little kids they made this like list of numbered best friendship rules that they keep referring to, and like rule number nine is that you can't date members of the best friend's families, which really only applies to Elle because Elle only has a much younger brother who Brad and Noah forever. Yeah, and so there's that. And then Lee has this little speech about how it's been so hard for him because he's always under Noah's shadow because Noah's like so hot and is like the star football player and he has everything and he, like that he's jealous of Noah. And then now he's worried that his that Noah is also going to steal his best friend. I'm like, this makes more sense than just like whatever the fuck it is in the book, which is still nothing, basically. <laughs> He anyway. has everything, but also he might not graduate high school. He might not graduate. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So they decide to do this in secret, and there's a lot of, like, sneaking around and making out when nobody can tell. And there's a party coming up at someone's house 
So Lee, because Lee is taking his girlfriend, Noah has to take Elle and she like isn't there with him though. So she's just like walking around talking to people and whatever. And this guy asks her to step outside for some air. So she does, but then he starts like aggressively trying to make out with her and she's really upset by it and telling him no. And then of course, Noah shows up to beat the shit out of him and then abscond away with Elle to protect her from his advances. And then they go back to the Flynn's house and have sex. And it's so casual the way that and Noah's like, we don't have to have sex. Like, I know it would be your first time. And I was like, no, I want to. And then it's just like fade to black. Okay. Yeah. I thought that if he, if Noah was such a secret good guy, maybe he could have waited a Not little done longer. That. <laughs> yeah. Taken a little more care with her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially because, like, one of the other things they keep harping on is that, like, she always imagined herself as someone who is, like, going to be with someone for a long time, who is going to have be in, like, committed relationships, who wasn't going to, like, start, like, kissing or fooling around until she was with something she really, someone she really cared about. So, like, the idea that, like, knowing all of this about her... And he's just like, yeah, okay, like, you say that, but, like, now, like, you're in front of me in topless, so I guess we'll just have sex, and it's fine. Yeah. I mean, she wants to. I don't know. Yeah, there could have been a longer conversation about it, but instead it's just fade to black. Yeah. Um. Right. So, back at school, there's this rumor going around that the kid who, like, tried to grope her like his ribs are broken because Noah beat him up so hard and she feels really bad about that and like yells at him. But then like after like the kid finds her and apologizes, it turns out that his ribs, he was just like his ribs were bruised. So his parents took him to the ED and like, that's how the rumor got started. So of course, like she does forgive Noah again. And uh, eventually it is time to start preparing for the school prom as Renata said it's like late spring this point the prom's like a month away and they're like it's time to pick a theme (laughs) yeah also I think maybe because it's British I don't know if I guess prom is just American they're not even calling it prom they're calling it the summer dance but it is the prom (laughs) so they they decide the the student council decides that the theme is going to be masquerade even though Lee and Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Lee and Elle are the only two dissenters in the whole student council, everyone else is like, yeah, that's what we should do. And she's like, their their reasoning is that it's so overdone. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I've I've been to I've okay, I haven't been to a lot of proms. I've been to three proms, four proms. But you <laughs> know, usually like the theme is like a lyric from some like romantic ballad. <laughs> yeah it's not it's not like costume party but whatever they just really like costume parties they do really like costume parties i mean i like costume parties too but yeah yeah in the in the movie the prom theme (laughs) (laughs) in the movie the prom theme is just prom Actually, the prom theme is memories, and they have photos up, and it's actually pretty nice. Maybe. They do not have a masked ball in the movie. <laughs> Masquerade! Our, our prom theme was A Wonderful Tonight. Oh. Okay. Is that yep. Eric Clapton? Or? Yeah. 
How about yours, Eileen? My junior prom was in the air tonight, and my senior prom was forever young. In the Ooh. air tonight is not very romantic. I know. <laughs> but it's got a great drum solo. It does. Yeah. Like, you would think it would just be wonderful tonight, but for whatever reason, they decided <laughs> it was a wonderful tonight. Sure. <laughs> I love it. That's memorable. I can't remember mine. Oh That's God. the only reason I remember it is because I was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, yeah. I forgot to tell you that I picked both of the prom themes. Oh, for my school oh now it becomes clear. I was on the prom committee. So how far in advance did you plan? Oh my god, it was like the back to school meeting. Okay. It was like September was when we were hammering every all, out all of the details. Okay. Yeah, because you gotta reserve the space. Also, in here somewhere, in here before summer dance is a scene where Noah is fixing his motorcycle because he's a he's a cool like Jacob Black type of guy. And <laughs> and Elle is hanging out and helping him. And Noah's like, can you get a wrench off a shelf for me? And it's like, A, why didn't you have all the wrenches out when you started this project? But whatever. So she like climbs on a ladder to get the wrench down from a shelf and falls because she is so clumsy and gets like a scuff on her face. And then Lee comes home and is like, Noah, did you hit L? And Noah's like, what the fuck? No. And then Noah and Lee fight like a couple of real violence junkies. And, <laughs> and Elle's like, this is stupid. Don't fight. And it is extremely stupid. Yeah. So they after they decide the theme is masquerade, they go shopping again. And one of probably our biggest my biggest points of contention and then surprises in this book l buys a dark apple green dress <laughs> which when i heard it i was in the shower listening to the book and i was like that there's no way that's a thing and immediately googled it <laughs> in the shower <laughs> only to find that i guess it is a thing yeah i mean just when you say apple green it means bright green so what's what's dark bright green I don't know. That's what color her dress is. Yeah. Also, what struck me, that struck me, but also she was like, Lee's so lucky he doesn't need to go shopping for prom because he already owns a tux. Like, what high school boys are buying tuxedos? That is a rental affair. I mean, I guess I, I in this particular case, and that is not what is implied in the text, but from like a outside perspective, if you're the type of person who is like, has a giant fancy house and also owns a summer home at the beach and that's clear they're rich yeah yeah they're pretty rich so i can see the possibility but that is not addressed in the book it is not implied that because he's rich he has a tux it's implied that because boys wear the same thing to every dance they he owns, yeah own tuxes because i guess even when you're going to like the you know a halloween dance you're wearing a tux yeah, right. A masquerade. Do you still need a tux? Okay. <laughs> yeah, under the mask. Beneath the mask. Uh, uh, again, this is so tedious. There's just so many scenes that are just like, we're at school and the girlies are like, who's Noah dating? Are you sure he's not dating anyone? And it's like very like repetitive. Right. No tedious detail is left undetailed for us. Yeah. And and you spend a lot of time being like, is, does this mean something like is there a reason she's describing the drink that she got she got two orange sodas is that is that going to come into play later i don't does know. this matter do i need to remember it oh no <laughs> great news no <laughs> 
so eventually, like, at school, a couple of guys ask her out to the dance and she says no. And then Noah comes and is like, ah, like, these guys are like, all these guys are asking you to the dance. And she's like, two guys asked me to the dance and I said no. And she had already mentioned to him earlier the theme was masquerade. So maybe that meant they could go together because it would be in secret. And he kind of implied he wanted to, but never actually asked her. So she's telling him about her dress and they're making out in the hallway. And then Lee, of course, shows up and like loses his shit, ditches school, drives away in anger. And Noah also disappears. Hmm. (sighs) And and then there's like frantically. And at this point, the Mrs. Flynn, June, the mom, calls Elle's dad to be like, oh, have you seen Noah? Like they're fighting. And by the way, Elle's been secretly dating Noah. And her dad is like, I'm very disappointed in you. And I'm like, I don't really understand why this is like a thing for a dad to be mad about. Because he's a known violence junkie. We were noting that that uh, Elle's dad knows a lot about (laughs) Flynn's dating habits. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if, you know, if he is friends with the parents and they're in contact, like, I, I guess he would know some. Like, I don't know. I I mean, having had parents who were like BFFs, <laughs> right. like my brother's friends, 100% I could see if, like, because like, I'd always hear them gossiping on the phone, like, oh, yeah, like, wow, he got suspended? Oh, that must be so hard. Like, you, like they always knew what was going on with like their friends kids and i'm sure their friends kids fucking knew what was going on with us all the time nothing for me nothing ever um (laughs) but i can see that but also like it's not again like that's something that like looking at my life experience i can say like oh i can see how that would make sense but we're never given that context in the book itself no. One other thing that's great in the movie is that Mo- <laughs> is that Molly Ringwald plays the Flynn mother and it's very clear and like both told and shown to us that because her best friend was Elle's dead mom that now she's stepping up and she's like a second mother to Elle and like they have these kind of like talks and they have this like relationship that was like sweet and zero percent in the book (laughs) the only well the only percentage is that she does call uh noah and lee's mom june and she calls their dad lee's dad so (laughs) that implies a closer relationship it was so i'm i'm so so delighted renata that you watched the movie and that you are comparing it because we didn't manage to watch the whole movie but we watched part of it and we were like yes 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 because like you said, they fixed it. But so just keep keep going. Keep going. Okay, great. <laughs> so um, so Noah's gone. Nobody can find him. He's coming to school, but he's not going home. Lee and Elle have a long talk about Noah and Elle, and they make up and they go back to like their best friendship. And it's I do appreciate that it's very I was afraid that the rest of the book was going to be them fighting. But after like a couple of days, you know, he says like, I'm so pissed at you. But like, I love you. You're my best friend. Like, that hasn't changed. I'm just so pissed at you, which I I was not expecting. And I did like basically everything in this book I liked had to do with Lee. (laughs) Yeah. That's because their relationship is the core relationship of the book. Because yeah. she, when when Lee discovers them, she's not like she's like 
I have to break up with you because Lee is my most important relationship and I can never lose Lee. Sorry, bye. <laughs> yeah, like she she even says at one point, like, you know, you're the most important guy in my life. Like outside of my dad, like this is the most important relationship in my life and it's more important than anything else. And Brad. which I, I liked. I just wish there was more of a focus on that instead of on how Noah likes to punch things. Probably they say it a lot. So it must be true. Must be true. Uh, um so yeah like they apologize they make up they start to plan their birthday and then l also talks to lee's girlfriend rachel who's like really sympathetic towards the noah thing and like also l reveals to her like oh yeah like noah's ha- uh, lee's had a lot of girlfriends but like not for very long because they don't like me and rachel's like well that's stupid like you're clearly his best friend. You're clearly not into each other. Like, why Why would they not understand that? And she's like, I don't know either. It's just what happened before. So we get, like, these notes of, like, oh, Rachel's cool because she's cool with this platonic relationship. And that's important. And it is. But it gets, like, two seconds of screen time. Yeah. Because, I mean, she seems to be Elle's only female friend. Mm-hmm. Like, they talk earlier about how, like, she and Lee aren't in any cliques and they just kind of hang out with everybody, but mostly the guys, though. And she doesn't dwell too much on, like, why she doesn't really like other girls, but I think it's heavily implied that it's because she's not like the other girls. (laughs) Yeah. But she might be like the other girls because I just still don't really know what Elle is like. (laughs) All the girls think Noah is hot, including Elle. Yeah, true. (laughs) She is like other girls. Oh, my God. Um, So, yeah, they they start to plan their – now they've made up. They start to plan their birthday party. And they decide it's going to be a costume party. Of course. Like the prom. Masquerade. Different. Different than the prom. Two birds, one stone. So then they also plan, like, their prom – stuff and how like they're gonna get a limo and like they're gonna go with all these people and Elsie only when doesn't have a date and then like night of prom noah shows up at Elle's house with like a tux and a corsage and a tie that matches her dress and like gets down on one knee to do oh a God. promposal i guess yes and don't forget of course he did bring his studded mask of yeah, course. Right? Mm-hmm. Clutch for your masquerade summer dance prom. Very Christian Grey of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, they go and she's like, the first thing I've got to do is tell Lee. And this also, like, I was so actively angry while I was listening to this part. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Cause she's like, yeah, it's the first thing I have to do. But because they're in masks, no one can, like, really recognize people. So, like, first she does, like, hang out with Noah and get pictures taken and do dancing and do all these other things and isn't telling Lee. And every time she did something else that wasn't telling Lee, like, my blood pressure started going up. (laughs) The number of times we yelled, just tell him, throughout this book. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 ugh, ugh. By the way, another thing that an American editor really should have resolved is that a big drama at the summer dance prom is that there's a meal provided and the vegetarian option is a nut roast. However, (laughs) one of the vegetarians is allergic to nuts. So they said that and it shouldn't be a nut roast, but it is a nut roast. And they kept saying nut roast. And I was like, what the fuck is a nut roast? Was that what it was on 2X on audio? It sounded like nut roll? Which no, is a it, dessert. No, it's nut roast. Okay. Which I looked up and it's basically like a lentil loaf kind of thing. Like I looked up nut With roast no and nuts I was like in it. I was like, oh I need a nut roast. 
but they didn't have a meal at our prom. I don't know what this is. We had a pretty shitty meal at ours. My cousin's prom had good food. Uh, we went to Bertucci's Italian restaurant before <laughs> this our This is prom. us actively trying to avoid talking about so the book. We, yeah. we, going out to dinner before the prom was like a thing, except my mom is a really good cook, so I just had her cater for me and my bestie and our dates. Ooh, <laughs> nice. So it was, it was like free food at home. Yeah, no, we, a meal was provided, but it was at, ours was at like a, you know, venue-y place, and like, my mom had even warned me in advance. She was like, yeah, like, they're going to give the prom kids, like, the worst possible food because you're kids and you don't care. So just FYI, it's probably not going to be good. And she was correct. <laughs> my cousin's prom, I went to my cousin's prom as part of, like, her friend group because we were friends with all her <laughs> friends, me and, and one of my high school friends. They had, like, a buffet style and it was very good. And the desserts were incredible. Like, the food at that prom was top notch. Well... At at Elle's summer dance masquerade prom, they're having nut roast. Anyway, <laughs> uh, okay. Here, Elle does find Lee and tells him they're dating, but only if it's okay with him, and he's like, "Fine." And then he says something like, "You've got me talking like a chick now," and I was like, "Where is this coming from? Like, you guys have been best friends literally your whole lives. Like, why are you suddenly now like, oh, you're making me talk like a chick? Whatever." We. We had, like, noticed this earlier. Anna had said, it's really interesting having Lee be, like, the female best friend in the teen drama, comedy, romance, whatever. And because he was talking like a girl earlier, but he didn't notice until <laughs> the summer like, dance prom masquerade. I was just for masquerade. you to tell me that something was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but then it gets wilder because then Noah wants to apologize to Elle for, like, all of the drama and violence junkiedom. And so he gets on the stage and they have a live band there, which, okay. And he takes his mask off and does this whole, like, public apology, like, oh, I'm sorry I treated you badly. And I want the band to play your favorite song, which is the song <laughs> entitled I Really Like You by the band The Plain White Tees? Who the one hit wonder of Hey Delilah has another song and it is a human girl's favorite song of all the songs? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, by the way, not in the movie. <laughs> well they don't have the scene where he's like it's your favorite song but at the movie prom they are playing watching the world wake up from history by jesus jones as like, this is equally as weird that's weird <laughs> that's also weird <laughs> um, so they they dance and noah gets a hotel room for them and they have like sex and it's great and the next day she's hanging out with lee and they're like dishing on their prom experiences with each other and noah sends l uh we need to talk no not he doesn't send her a, we need to talk text he calls her and no, tells her they need he to calls talk. he calls lee and says lee can i talk to l because l's phone is off yeah, this is so uh, convoluted. <laughs> so they agree to meet at Starbucks, and she goes, assuming he's going to break Starbucks. up with her. Hmm? Yeah. The sit-down Starbucks. Yeah, the Don't fancy sit-down Starbucks. And they're comically interrupted when they're trying to talk because a waiter <laughs> shows up the way they do at Starbucks. With his notepad. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and Elle is impressed. I really think that this was engineered so that Elle can be impressed that Noah remembered her drink order, which is like a half-fat latte something, something. Whereas if they were in line to order, it wouldn't have come up. Although it could have if he was ahead of her in line. But anyway, yeah, it was... It was derailingly strange. Yes. Because here's the thing. You said it was Starbucks. This is your fake book. You can just say the local coffee shop. And then I'll buy the... Fine, your local coffee shop is a sit-down restaurant. But you said Starbucks. (laughs) (laughs) You said it, and now it's true, because that's how fiction writing works. So, so the thing he has to tell her is actually that now, after prom, with less than a week to go until graduation, he has learned that he has been accepted to two colleges. <laughs> two! Including Harvard. But he almost didn't graduate. Yeah. And he he's not on student council doing kissing booths. Like, he's a good football player, but is this enough to get a man into Harvard? Apparently. And this is this is so nitpicky to me, and I recognize that about what i'm about to say but the specific program that he is trying that he wants to pursue is computer science so we got into harvard for computer science which like fine but also there's another school like a mile away from harvard that is much better known for computer things right like it's so weird to me that they would say harvard and not mit if it's computer science but also i recognize that a girl in wales probably doesn't even Care. MIT, but Harvard. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a Bostonian thing, Kate, because I didn't even know what MIT was when I was a high school student okay. in this country. Well, yeah, so she says hard. But then the other weird thing about this choice is that arguably, I would say, at least when I was applying to colleges, and I assume now as well, outside of MIT, like the most well-known computer schools are all in Southern California. Yeah. Yes. Two other weird things. I don't think we've seen Noah touch a computer this whole time. This is not a known interest of his. <laughs> Fourth weird thing. Typical American teenager Noah has expressed this news in the following way. I've been offered a place at Harvard on the computer science course. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. sweetie. <laughs> pip, 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 cheerio on the computer science course. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Beth, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at Random House. Somebody should fix this, and I know it's not Beth's fault. (laughs) Yeah, so here we are. Noah has revealed himself to be a super genius who has just gotten his college acceptance letters in, like, June. Uh (laughs) With weeks to go until the start of the semester, he hasn't decided on one of them yet. Yeah, which, again, I could see, oh, I got in off the wait list. Like, that's all you had to say. Yeah. But you didn't say that. Like, it could have been constructed so it was like I had gotten into, you know, one of some other school and I was going to go there and it was in California and so it was going to be fine. But now I've just gotten off the wait list at Harvard. But no, it's it's a decision that he has to make between these two schools he just found out he got into. Going to uni. And in June after the summer dance prom masquerade. Yes. By the way, less than a week to go until graduation. Yes. In the movie, how she finds out about this is (laughs) they're making out. And then the mom, like Molly Ringwald mom comes in. And so she has to hide under the bed. 
And A, while she's hiding under the bed, she finds Vaseline and porn and is like visibly grossed out. And it's very funny. Like Joey King plays Alan. She's like a very good comedic actress. Like she is making the most of this dumb role. And so that and then while Molly Ringwald is like picking up Noah's laundry and she's like, oh, like we need to do laundry so you can celebrate getting when we go out to dinner to celebrate you getting into an Ivy League school and Elle is like under the bed eavesdropping with the porn and it's just like it's much better than going to the sit down Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so you know, clearly clearly and then like the whole other adjacent thing is that later on it comes up that like Lee and Elle are really nervous about thinking how they have to start thinking about college next year and typically as juniors going into their senior year they should have already been thinking about college a little bit because those applications are going to be due within their first semester of senior year Uh, technically they were thinking about it because that's why they did the kissing booth is in order to put it on their college applications (laughs) So, Kissing yeah. booth manager, please take me. Yeah, Harvard. that would definitely make the difference between acceptance and denial. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, after this like whole thing, she's like, "Oh, of course you have to go to Harvard. Like it'll suck, but like you'll regret it forever." And he takes her on a motorcycle ride. He had previously had to use his motorcycle to take her home before they were making out in secret, and she hated it and said she would never do it again. But he does take her on motorcycle ride to go up into the hills to watch the sunset and fireworks. And then it's their birthday. Or no, I guess graduation comes first because they have their birthday party the evening of graduation. It's chaotic. Like, wouldn't Noah have a graduation party? No. Anyway, there's a scene where Elle is shopping for Leah's birthday and she buys him, quote, a new wallet, a CD he said he wanted, and the coolest t-shirt I could ever imagine. Oh, such good t-shirts. Yeah. And then the <laughs> coolest t-shirt Elle could ever imagine. Oh, it says I'm with stupid and it has an arrow pointing down, I guess implying his dick is stupid. Uh-huh. And then he gives her a shirt that says I'm with stupid with an arrow pointing up. Unclear if this means her boobs or her face. Either way, it's her brain. I think it's her face. I think it's her who's stupid uh, like, or something. I, I I don't care for these. No, <laughs> but they're soulmates. They they shopped and got each other the same thing. It's like the gift of the magi here. <laughs> yeah, everyone is so charmed that they picked out the same shirts for each other, and like it's so great. And like, what funny shirts you got each other? It was very weird. It's very weird. Her dad gives her her dead mom's watch and we're reminded for the first time in so many pages that her mom is dead. Yes. Basically, nothing happens between now and the end of the book, right? Not really. He takes her to like a fancy candy shop and she's shocked that I guess it exists. And also he would take her there. They go to the beach house that the Flynn's own for a while. And then Noah goes to Boston to check out the Harvard campus. Yep. And this is another thing of just like, oh, you're a British teenager writing this. He goes by himself. None of his parents go. They're rich. These parents could have afforded to go. You know they want to check out the Harvard campus, but they are not going. And the most distracting part of it to me was, and again, it's <laughs> British teenagerness. Elle and Lee and his parents accompany him right up to the gate and yeah. say goodbye and then watch out the window as the plane takes off. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then he says he'll be back in a few weeks, and it is not clear what he's doing. Like, <laughs> is this a summer orientation? Do you think the semester is only a few weeks long? I truly don't know. Yeah, it was not a great... I'll say this. It was not a good book, but still, somehow, better than after. Ooh. <sighs> this could be, like, the the, you know, the waves of time smoothing out that rocky shore in my memory i feel like i liked after more than i like this Ooh, no i did not <laughs> i was feeling bad about picking on this and then i remembered that i just purchased for the library her latest book Lo- lockdown on london lane and so that that is my penance <laughs> <sighs> I'll tell you, i recently weeded the other two books in this trilogy because no one is reading them <laughs> Yeah. Have it, you watched the other movies? Not yet. I only watched the first one this morning, literally. Okay. Yeah, the interview I read with her sounded as if she was never planning on writing more books in this series, but once it was optioned into a popular movie, she was kind of encouraged to write more books in the series. Strongly encouraged. Okay. Well, her new book seems also aggressively hetero. It has at least four couples that all have... Uh, Looking like male female names. <laughs> well, sadly unsurprising. Yeah. At least it sounds like maybe it's set in the UK. So it, it seems to be set and it's <laughs> it's like a seven day quarantine rom com with a bunch of like different people in an apartment building. That's so. a cute idea. Yeah. Okay, Beth. But we didn't read that. We read this. And let's uh let's hop into our dramatic readings. Oh boy. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, so first up, I will be Noah and Kate will be Elle, and we're just going to talk about why Noah's name is Noah. All right. You're cute when you look like that, I told him, nodding at his expression. Don't call me cute, please. Aw, how cute. I shoved his shoulder playfully, a gesture which he returned with an eye roll. I went to pick up my cell phone from the dresser next to his bed and blurted out a question before I could help myself. Why do you hate people calling you Noah? Noah's not exactly the coolest name in the book. You can't imagine some guy running in terror at the name Noah. Flynn's just... It suits you. Exactly. So why do you always call me by my first name? Because I grew up with you. Then I did it to annoy you. But it's kind of hot. The words came out before I realized what I was saying. My mouth snapped shut and my cheeks flamed as I held a hand over my mouth. I couldn't believe I'd just said that. I mean, I did think Noah was a hot name. Maybe not on some people, but Noah Flynn pulled it off. He made it sexy. I just couldn't believe I'd told him that. He smirked, pulling my hand away from my undoubtedly beetroot-colored face. Well, when you put it like that, it doesn't seem so bad. I gave an embarrassed laugh, and he gave me a quick peck on the lips before letting my hand go. I needed to get going now. And if someone came home unexpectedly, it was bound to look more than a little suspicious that I was here with Noah. They'd hardly believe we were just hanging out. So suspicious. (laughs) Why not? That scene had an eye roll in it, of which there are more than 30 in the book. You'll be glad to know. Not nearly as many as there are smirks, but... uh but it's nice to know that they can do more than smirk. (laughs) There was a smirk in that one too. Oh boy. (sighs) All right. Well, for our next dramatic reading, I will switch it up and play the other Flynn brother, Lee. Aline will be L and Anna will take over as Noah. 
<clears throat> I heard you say you bought a dress. What's it like? It's tiny and low-cut and extremely tight. He raised an eyebrow and I rolled my eyes, sighing. It's down to my knees and green and the skirt's really swishy. It's really nice, actually. It sounds nice. I'm sure you'll look great. And uh, since we're already late. He took a couple of steps closer and I smiled, going on tiptoe so that I could kiss him. I knew I should have made an excuse to go. I really didn't want to. His arms curled around my waist, warm and secure, and I smiled against his lips. Hey, Elle? Noah? Are you... I sprang away from Noah, tripping over my own feet and staggering to regain my balance. My entire body had turned to jello, and suddenly I was finding it hard to breathe. I glanced over at Noah, who was frozen in place, his eyes fixed on his brother, his expression indefinable. The hustle and bustle of stragglers getting to their classes died down outside until the three of us were surrounded by silence. Lee closed his mouth which had been hanging open the entire time, and took a breath as if he were about to say something. Except no words came out. I was speechless too. He had to understand. I couldn't lose him. He was never supposed to find out like this. Now he'd hate me forever. I had to say something. But I didn't know what to say that wouldn't just make this worse than it already was. I looked over at Noah, who gave me an almost imperceptible shrug. He didn't know how to fix this any more than I did. Noah? Noah, please, Shelly, tell me this isn't what it looks like. Tell me right now that there's a reasonable explanation. I, Lee, I, you have to believe me. I didn't. We. Rochelle, tell me this isn't what it looks like. His eyes bored into mine, hopefully. I knew he didn't believe in that shred of hope for a single second, though not really. He walked toward me, his footfalls heavy and slow, but stopped a few feet away like something was holding him back. The next word to leave his mouth was a desperate plea, one that broke my heart to hear. Please. And I had only one reply, one which I was sure would hurt him even more. I'm sorry, Lee. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I audible sigh. I, I had a good time imagining this was Canadian, and she was like, "I'm sorry, Lee." <laughs> that that improved it for me. All right, and then one last dramatic reading, just between L and Noah. I'm gonna be L this time. Yeah, and I'm gonna be Noah. This is um after they uh, after Noah disappears and. Uh, they have broken up. Where have you been the last few days? He gave a bitter smile and then looked up from his boots to my face again. I was staying in a motel. I didn't want to make things worse for you with Lee. I've been trying to forget about you. I haven't been able to sleep, so I've been driving around. I can't stop thinking about you. That wasn't quite the answer I'd expected. But I knew Noah. He wasn't one to lie. He moved closer to me. So close that I got off the desk to avoid being trapped by him as he towered over me, his body brushing against mine. I don't know what the hell it is about you, Elle, but I can't. I don't. What? You drive me insane. Absolutely insane. I need you back. My racing heart stopped and then flip-flopped wildly. What was he saying? It wasn't anything else. It wasn't like I was in a... Lee had just forgiven me, maybe not moved on, but forgiven me at least. And now Noah just wanted to, to carry on where we'd left off. Was he crazy to think I could just 
do that? After coming so close to losing my best friend, I wanted to finish this year in peace. Was that too much to ask? Besides, Noah was leaving for college soon. I couldn't get back with him. I couldn't! It wouldn't be right! So, why was it so hard to convince myself that it was wrong? Oh. Shelly. No, it's not happening. I can't. Elle, you're killing me here. Are you drunk? No, I'm completely sober and this is all true. I need you back. I shook my head again, retreating until I felt the wall at my back. Noah stepped forward, hands on either side of my head, his body pinning me there. His breath tickled my face. Elle. I knew he was telling the truth, but I didn't want to believe it. I wanted to be able to put my foot down, close the door, lock this all away. I didn't want to go back to the firework feeling of his touch and his kisses because I knew I'd never want to leave him. If I didn't do this now, I never would. At least not until it was too late and I managed one word. No. His palm slammed into the display board behind me, making the wall rattle and a loosely tacked poster fall down. I shook my head, closing my eyes as if not looking at him would help steady me. It didn't. No! Get off me, I said, trying to push him off. I prayed he wouldn't kiss me now because I knew I'd end up kissing him back. I can do it right this time. No sneaking around. I'm not dating you. (sighs) He sighed, leaning his head forward so it rested against mine. I stiffened. I wasn't scared of him, though. I was scared of myself. He almost had his arms around me. All I wanted to do right now was let him hold me, kiss me. I couldn't. I couldn't go back to that. I'd never get back out. I couldn't do that to Lee. Noah, please, just don't. I can't help it. I tried. Believe me. What is it about you? You're driving me crazy here. You're killing me. I need you back. I said no. I shoved him hard in the chest and slipped out under his arm to the other side of the classroom. Noah, I can't do it. I'm sorry, but I can't. Why? I I just, I can't. I was saved by the bell. The hallways filled with people going to their first period classes. Noah didn't move, and I found I couldn't either. I, I have to go. I managed to say, and I fled, barging my way through people and not caring when I just stood on someone's toes. I just had to get away. Not because I was afraid of Noah. I was afraid of my feelings for him. Ugh. Terrifying. (laughs) He says the same thing twice in the space of a page. Also, he's kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. You don't like pin someone against the wall and then slam your hand against the wall next to their head. It's just not done. Not unless you're a violence junkie. Oh, okay. You're right. Yep. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to reader's advisory to suggest some some things to read instead of or in addition to the kissing booth. Uh, If it's not clear, I do not really recommend this book. I think the Netflix movie is pretty fun. If you like the kind of thing that this is. You know, like, if you are willing to suspend some disbelief for just sort of, like, rich teenagers goofing around, yeah, it's perfectly cromulent. Yeah, I, that was all of my reader's advisory for this was movies, where where I was like, hey, you should watch the To All the Boys I've Loved Before trilogy. Remember Love, Simon? Remember Love, Victor? (laughs) Never Have I Ever's kind of fun. Oh, and I really liked the half of it. It all boiled down to pretty much anything but this. Yeah, and my recommendation was just just skip straight to listening to One Direction songs. <laughs> uh, but what about the plain white tees? 
No. Nope. <laughs> Over the course of talking about it, I did another recommendation did pop into my head uh, for Clone High, which Blech. is a really delightful animated show from MTV from when I was in high school. But the thing that that pinged me on it was that they have it's a parody of a lot of like teen dramas. And also everyone is a clone of a famous person who has been raised to teenage age and now they're all in high school together. That's the conceit. Probably should have led with that. But one of the ways that they parody it is that they have a prom like (laughs) every couple months, which was (laughs) kind of how what it felt like listening to them talk about how dances work at the school. That sounds right. I have a lengthy list of contemporary YA romances because... Even though Beth Riekel's this teacher is not, or library, like, the adults in her life were not providing her with these. There are a ton that are great. A couple that I'll say on air, and again, I'll have more on the website. Hani and Ishu's Guide to Fake Dating by Adiba Jayagadar is, uh, first of all, it's set in Ireland. And so there are some sort of, like, when you're reading it as an American, like, I definitely had to look up some phrases. But that's fine, because they were Irish teens set in Ireland, and that's how it's supposed to be. Uh, also it's cute uh i believe in a thing called love by maureen goo like all of maureen goo's books but that one i felt like if you are looking for sort of a a noah flynn type perhaps you might find him in the the love interest from that book rise to the sun by leah johnson i thought had a good platonic best friendship in addition to the romance and uh and yeah we'll have more up on our website worstbestsellers.com All right, let's move on to The Rock Paper Snicked, where Kate will say who Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be if he were in this book, and I'll say who Wolverine would be if he were in this book, and Anna and Aline will say which most improves the book, or they can choose paper, which is to leave it as is. Okay, so if Dwayne The Rock Johnson was in this book, he would be a teacher at the school who is providing some kind of supervision to the school carnival. And he would immediately point out that a kissing booth is probably a terrible idea for a high school fair and suggest they do something else instead, which would then stop this book before it could even really get off the ground. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) Meanwhile, if Wolverine were in this book, he would teach Elle how to fight for self-protection and she would become a violence junkie. She would end up getting a black belt and she would go around at parties and become a little bit of a local vigilante. And whenever like a drunk guy tried to grope a girl, she would fight them the way that Noah perhaps could have, but didn't. Oh, damn. Uh, Both of those are uh, really tempting. (laughs) I'm going to have to go, though, with with I feel the rock just stopping this. Just stopping it before it happens. Just like going back in time and stopping this before it happens. Before we really, really had to experience it. That, that's what I want. So I've been smirking while you were <laughs> saying that. Uh, because in, in a rare departure of agreement for us, I am going to go with Wolverine, who is like improving on the situation. Yes, it would be absolutely wonderful if it never happened at all. But given that it has happened to us already... <laughs> I definitely want Elle to become an ass-kicking bitch. I want to see the movie adaptation yes. of that. Sure. <laughs> yes. But I yes. just don't want to have to have read the book. Ever. No. That's a great point. So, I mean, yeah, I think both both really work, but it already happened. So Fine. Uh, the rock is too late. <laughs> True. All right. Well, that's great. It's a everyone wins. And I'm gonna 
one more time refer to the movie in the movie after Noah goes off to Harvard, he leaves his motorcycle in care of Elle and the movie ends with her driving the motorcycle by herself, which I thought was like pretty cool and badass. That's right. That is very Wolverine-y. Yes. I've enjoyed this ad for the movie (laughs) (laughs) me too and and i need to be so clear i'm not out here telling you this is the greatest movie i've ever seen like if you're not interested in this concept like don't watch it but the movie just in every way like took the bones of this book and cleaned it up and just really made it meet its full potential in a way that that 15 year old beth regals couldn't do and i again i don't want to be mean she's a teenage girl i couldn't have written a book as good as that Netflix film when I was 15 or probably now. There was a team of writers and they had something to work from. Remember yes. when your dad gave me that thing that you wrote as a teenager? Yes. I wasn't even a teenager, but it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to Duarte's corner and just see what my beloved cat Duarte has to say about this. <coughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Duarte prefers when i watch movies to when i read books because he'll sit on my lap while i'm watching tv but a lot of times a book will get in the way of that i think that's the main reason why he also liked the movie more but he's right it's true um you know if anything else watching the movie would be shorter than the amount of time it took me to read this book mm-hmm. yeah I mean, yeah, and you listened to it at double speed. Yeah, it was about <laughs> yeah, four I, hours for me. <laughs> we, Aline doesn't like when I speed things up, but I finally was like, I'm moving it at least to 1.05 so we can get through this. Woof. Yeah, Ugh. this book was a real, it, it's not even that long, but it's just a real slog. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, do any humans have any closing thoughts besides that this book was a fucking slog? Oh my God, it was such a slog. But we are going to finish the movie. We yeah. are going to finish the movie and probably watch the next two because I love even poorly executed team movies yeah. or, you know, those with marginal source material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think my closing thought is that I love editing and I always will. <laughs> <laughs> and I am really, really glad that Beth Regals now has editors. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, my closing thought is, like, good for Beth Regals, like, for pulling this off. And, like, I hope that she put her Netflix money in a good savings account or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, this is not a, it's not a good book. Yeah, I, I will say the article that I read about – I keep, like, talking about this, like, I know so much. I read, like, one fucking article that was an interview with her. But interestingly enough, she is into computer stuff, and she graduated college eventually or uni and has a job doing computer stuff and writes on the side. Yeah, she, like, studied sure. physics, a STEM queen. Uh, well, if you want to come talk to us online, we are not on Wattpad. However, we are on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram at Worst Bestsellers, spelled normally. We're on Twitter at Worst Bestseller with no S because the S is on the, the Starbucks waiter's notepad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for Starbucks, and he writes at the top of his notepad to remember that he works at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> We also have a Goodreads group that you can get to by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on it. <laughs> you can find us at Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, all the places where there are podcasts. And uh, if you do listen to us there, please take a moment to rate and review. When you rate and review, it moves us up on the charts and makes it easier for new people to find us. Uh, if you don't rate and review us, we might have to go full violence junkie on you. What does that mean? Never really clear. <laughs> 
So that's a threat that doesn't really mean anything, I guess. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash worstbestsellers. Patreon is a service where you offer a small monthly recurring donation that goes to us to do things like keep our website running and fund new equipment. And uh, in exchange, you get all sorts of perks like a newsletter or a postcard in the mail. We also have merch available that you can find by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on the merch shop. And uh, there you'll find all sorts of things from our podcast to wear on your body. Finally, we do have a Discord server. Again, there's a link at worstbestsellers.com and you can come and join and chat about episodes and books that you're reading, post pictures of your cats and all sorts of other stuff with other listeners of the show. You know, we haven't updated our merch offerings in a while. I think we should see if we can add, like, booty shorts that say violence junkie on the butt. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. Be the coolest kid at the gym. <laughs> the coolest kid at the sit-down Starbucks. <laughs> yes. Wow. You, yeah, you could also have merch that says, like, meet me at the sit-down Starbucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, much to discuss uh check out our red bubble to see if we follow through on any of this which spoiler we probably won't <laughs> uh we'll be back in two weeks with catwoman colon soul stealer by our good personal friend <laughs> our good personal friend and horny queen sarah j mass <laughs> she's not actually a friend we don't know her but in my heart i do and we'll talk about that in two weeks yep <laughs> Oh, we forgot to say, because I got so distracted by the sit-down Starbucks. <laughs> if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at Renata Snacks. Do you want to follow me personally on social media? I'm at 14 across. And you can follow me, Anna, at Helga Grace, H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C. You can follow us jointly at Bellwether Friends, F-R-N-D-S, because, uh, you know, Noah took the extra letters to harvard i don't know um we are we have a podcast but it is in in depression related hiatus um but we still are often retweeting cute pictures from our twitter account to make your day easier and aline you can find me on twitter at surly spice s-u-r-l-y-s-p-i-c-e and i also post lots of pictures of our cats and foster cats yeah really good cat photo content also you know if you haven't listened to bellwether friends before the good thing about podcasts is it's still there you can go and listen to old app it is still there yeah we, there's we more might, than a hundred we might we might get back we do have in, in addition to duarte's corner we do have peanut butter's corner right now where he is purring and kneading because he knows how much we enjoy these worst best friends get togethers yeah Aww. same Okay, well now that I've now that I've done that out of order. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.